The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GoRuck. GoRuck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, including footwear, apparel, and rucks. Oh, a backpack. Like a backpack, if backpacks were made to last under the toughest conditions in the world. Mm. Everything they make is backed by their Scars Lifetime Guarantee and is tested and proven over and over and over again at GoRuck's events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GoRuck brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GoRuck link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and event registration that you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Well, hello and welcome. This is, of course, a Solid 7 podcast, a better than average podcast. And uh, as we like to do each week, we get together, talk about whatever is going on in the world that interests us. And we invite you to join along. I am your sometimes humble host. I don't know. I'm the host. Either way, Kale, my good buddy Josh, not here this week. We'll explain. But uh, we often like to bring a guest along, and this week we've we've overdone it. Maybe. We'll see. We have at least one guest, possibly more, and at it the depends. very least, a studio audience. So, welcome back to the podcast. You know him. You love him. Mr. Mike Redacted. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey. And, uh, Long time uh, no talk. We're on the road. We're, we are on the road, and I got to say, this is like the oddest uh, podcast I think I've ever done. Yeah, with this you is, with this is a so here, uh, here in the, I don't know what we could call the Studio C. I don't know. We're sitting in a hotel room in Jacksonville. And uh, with us uh, is uh, our buddy, Jesse the Builder, who's been on the podcast before uh, a few months ago. And uh, our, our, buddy, our buddy, Nick, who doesn't really have a, like, we don't call him a Nick the anything, but. What's going on, everyone? Nick's a, is it, is it correct to say. Uh, firefighter paramedic. Is that what you're? So, <laughs> so you might hear some uh, some comments on the peanut gallery uh, on this episode, or from the peanut gallery, or uh, we might we might pass the mic around some. We'll see how it goes. But if you hear some odd sounds in the background, forgive us. I think everybody knows how hotel noise goes. So AC turning on and off, and people in the yeah, hallway, the fridge and, making its constant hum yeah, noise. and elevators. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we are uh, once again the Sound Some Podcast now third trip. The real question, though, is yes. why I think we're in Jacksonville. Yeah, That's well, really it's uh, normally our, our previous trips up this way have been to Jacksonville Beach to uh, to visit GoRuck headquarters. And as we've been teasing uh, or promoting on the uh, the podcast lately and on the social media, uh, we're, we're up here for uh, GoRuck's three-day fitness festival, Sandlot Jack. So we just knocked out uh, day one of that today. And uh, it was quite an adventure. Now, if you're, you're somebody who you hear start to talk about... Uh, rucking and you start to tune out and turn your eyes out don't don't worry we have more than rucking for you this isn't necessarily a, a sandlot jacks uh, recap episode by any means but that's that's why we're here that's why we find ourselves in this setting and we are of course as always i not even as always now more than ever today i would say of course fueled by the ever delicious ever popular jacko go so cheers gents cheers and uh, you can, of course, get your, your own Jocko Go right from their website with a, a Solid 7 discount. So just uh, solid7podcast.com. Click on the link for, for Jocko Go. S-O-L-I-D-7. Get your 10% off. It's our little gift to you or their little gift to you. I, I don't know how you want to look at that. But. I don't want to segue into a lengthy Jocko Go conversation, but I really enjoy the Dak Savage flavor that I'm having. We've been known to do that from, yeah. from time to time to, uh, to segue. <clears throat> but uh, we had a little road trip today. This is a, a bit of a drive. From where we're from. And, you know, as uh, as happens on road trips, you know, talks get deep. Things get existential. You you talk about, you know, the the deeper things in life, the meaning of things. And uh, we, I mean, we hit on a doozy first thing today. Like, I don't know how much that conversation stuck stuck with you boys or or how much the listeners, you know, how often they, you know, they take time to, to think on the deeper things. But we were really confronted first thing this morning with uh, like what makes a breakfast joint a breakfast joint? Oh man, I was wondering where you're going with that because I'm yeah, like, you like yeah, that? clearly it didn't stick with me because I have a, no idea what you're talking about. That was a nice about. build up. Yeah, so <laughs> you know we meet for breakfast first thing this morning as yes. as one does. Now now we had we had a solid option. We had a, a, a just a, a great go to. 
because Cracker Barrel will never do you wrong. But <laughs> but as as we've learned, do you want to comment on this, firefighter Nick? As we've learned throughout this day, too many firehouse meals over far too many years has ruined Nick's palate. Uh, I mean, the dude's just got the worst taste, and he vetoed Cracker Barrel. All you want is chili he, or something like that? <laughs> he, he, he vetoed Cracker Barrel. And so we end up at Kiki's. Now, I think, like, Kiki's, I would say, fair, I think fairly is known as a breakfast joint. Would we all agree? Well, I mean, it is bre- It is uh, Kiki's Breakfast Cafe. Yeah, so. so, I mean, I don't know if they're nationwide, but it's, it's K-E-K-E, Kiki's. But they are on your side. And uh, so we, we get to Kiki's, and we're, we're perusing the menu. Now, first of all, I believe the most apt description of the coffee we were served was it tastes like someone put pepper in it. Uh, and that was not wrong. It, it wasn't. Know, a, it wasn't very good. But I it know, wasn't it was terrible. It wasn't even like this. Isn't even being Restaurant bougie. Coffee. Yeah, this isn't like oh, I need my espresso, or I've got to be at Starbucks, or I've got to be at my local coffee shop. No, like I can appreciate a, a cup of Joe from a greasy spoon, where it's like it's flavored by the layers of coffee that have been caked on to the bottom of the urn over the years. I I can enjoy that. This was not that though. This was no. just crummy. I don't care about it. Mediocre coffee, and in then. Fact. We're at a self-proclaimed breakfast joint. We're looking over the menu. It's extensive. There's lunch items. Okay, whatever. There's no biscuits. No, no biscuits. There's no gravy. And quite a few limited substitution items. As There's well. no grits. Uh, Mike redacted here. Yeah. He orders an omelet and, uh, and set it aside because, honestly, who wants home fries? There's no hash browns. Home fries. Hmm. Mike says, you know what? Can you skip them? Can you just throw an extra egg in the omelet? To which yeah. to which our server replied. Yeah. That's literally, she's used the word literally. That is literally, it's literally impossible yeah. to add more eggs. And it was all I could do to I contain think, my snark and sarcasm. Because it's not literally impossible. You absolutely can add eggs. Well, it, well so that depends, really. Like, you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. As Jesse pointed out, like, those could have been prepackaged, like, two egg, mamma jammas, pre-served, pre-cooked, everything. They just throw them in a the microwave, right? We don't know what's going on back there. It may have been literally impossible to add one extra egg. I, I think their hardline stance on the extra egg may have outed their omelet preparation. I think you're right. Be, this this might be, be the o- actual. We, we're breaking story right here. Yeah, this might be omelet in a bag being served at Kiki's. We need. <laughs> That's it. If there's a listener that works now or has ever worked at Kiki's, we need to know how the omelets are prepared. I want to get to the bottom of this. But but I. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my there gosh! Go. And then they had the world's loudest music. I mean, the loudest music. Um, I think I was alone in that feeling, but yeah, I it think was, so too. <laughs> I, I felt like I was in a North Korean prison camp and that's how they had chosen to torture me. Um, and it's like the, the wor- the absolute worst smooth jazz instrumental covers of other songs. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, not we, great. And I'm not gonna lie. We asked, Hey, could, could we change it once again? literally impossible can we turn it down also lots of things not possible at kiki's yeah uh up to and including evidently making biscuits or sausage gravy or hash browns in fact so i i i would posit i would like to put forth my theory that kiki's is in fact not a breakfast club it's just a restaurant hmm (laughs) these guys these guys are (laughs) chuckling tell me tell me i'm wrong no hash. Uh, I mean, hey, maybe sausage gravy isn't your thing. That's not for everybody. I get it. No what, hash browns. What, what no is biscuits? Kiki's known for? Are they like a waffle place? Like, what are they? Here, you want this guy? There were. Uh, Jesse just wants to hang out in the background. There were some some solid looking griddle options, right? There's some stuffed French toast. There's some waffles, but even then. They were playing fast and loose with the descriptions. They're like, oh, get this apple cinnamon waffle. Well, it wasn't an apple cinnamon waffle. It was a regular waffle with cinnamon apples on top. No, 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 no. If you're going to call a waffle a flavor, that crap better be in the batter. I like hanging out in the background. <laughs> a little creepy, Jess. A little, a little creepy. It's low key. It's low key. So I mean, where where am I wrong here? It's not a breakfast joint. There's there ha- there is some there is some breakfast food on the menu, 
but I'm sorry if you. I mean, I'm willing to make take a hard stance on hash browns alone. You want to call yourself a breakfast club? You better be able to serve some hash browns. Yes, most of the locations that I can find are all in Florida. And you know where? Not, that's part of the problem. Yeah, that could, that could be. It, this could be a Florida man problem. That's it. Could be. that could be what's going on? You know, I'm drawing a blank on the movie, but they're not claiming to be a breakfast club so much as a breakfast cafe. I don't know. A breakfast. Either way, either way, I believe breakfast needs to be removed from the masthead. It needs to be taken taken out of the name. Kiki's Diner. Call it a diner. They're not really a diner. No, they're not. But they're not a a breakfast cafe either. But you know where we're solving the world's problems here by figuring out what Kiki should be. This is what people turn into. Listen, this is why we're a solid seven. You don't get this (laughs) from other podcasts. Nobody else is solving this problem. (laughs) Tomorrow morning. Well, this won't be out yet, but Monday morning, Tuesday morning, this episode drops. Somebody's going to have this dilemma. Let's get together for breakfast. Where should we go? Well, I don't know. There's a Cracker Bro. There's a Kiki's. Well, let me solve this problem for you. Decision made. Because you know where I could have had some delicious hash browns today? Not only had delicious hash browns, but had them in a casserole. A delicious, delicious hash brown casserole. Is it Cracker Bro? And I could have bought a candle on my way out. I mean, that's, I always want to buy a candle after I have biscuits and gravy. I'm just saying, Cracker Barrel provides omelet, options. My omelet wasn't bad. I, I mean, it was the, all gone. The, For what we ate, it was good. But I would have yeah. ordered biscuits and gravy. The The food that we had was good. Now, did they did they cook the yolks all the way through on my eggs on my eggs Benedict? Yes, they did, but it was still tasty. Now that's what I get for switching from poached to fried, because um, I don't like it's the, it's it's an engineering problem with the poached eggs on a Benedict. Poached eggs are too round; they tend to roll. I want a flat egg on there. Give me you know, give me over easy, give me fried. But there should be some runny yolk. It's half the point of eggs Benedict. But I just alas, yeah, runny yolks. I'm, I know. I guess I'm alone in this concept here. But you, you may be alone, not just in this conversation, but no, just in your no, existence is, on the planet. This is like uh, bringing up the old Moe's versus Chipotle, but a, like from a, way back, a nice runny yolk. Nice. Is, hey, he's a Moe's guy. See, the, Look at that. That's an well, old. I think school. that just settled the argument for me, though. Like <laughs> I, I've been, I've been staunchly Moe's for so long, and all of a sudden. <laughs> Nick comes in with his Moe's is better. Guys, this is just for, for just for you, Hot Josh. I, I know you couldn't be I know you couldn't be here for this today, uh, Josh. And that's that's why uh uh our our uh, our buddy Josh, our co host Josh isn't here this week. He can he couldn't make the trip up here. But uh Josh says I can't be wrong. I was wrong. Chipotle is better. Argument has been settled. <laughs> Nick Nick brought this one to a resolution. Okay, allow me to explain the the things that Nick has said today. One, he vetoed Cracker Barrel, and we ended up at Kiki's. Obviously, we all know how that turned out. That, it could have gone either way. It's fine. Okay. Although, to be fair, the meal was actually quite good, and we all, it, I think, it was, was, we it was good. It. it was overpriced, and I don't know if that's Kiki's that's, fault or President Biden's fault. It could go either way. Um but uh, it was it was overpriced for for what we got. Uh, but throughout the day, uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what all is on the list of just horribly horribly wrong things that Nick said today. But among them, <laughs> and possibly the most egregious of them, was that Burger King has the best fast food yeah, fries. That's, yeah, patently wrong. But Abs- here's here's the microphone, so you can actually like uh, defend yourself. Absolutely. What? No. You're going to take this? You're not even going to comment back? I want to know. All of the smack talk today. All of it. <laughs> More than most. Typical firefighter nonsense. You're running your mouth the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> the rubber meets the hose, and you don't want to You don't want to say anything. A little blue on red violence here this evening. But uh, I just think it would be entertaining. I'd like to hear you comment back on this. That's not mine neither, and yet here I am yeah. talking. Come on. So, but I mean, just <laughs> people want to know. There's, there's, there's facts. There's facts, and there, there's opinions, right? And you're, you're entitled. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but no one's entitled to their own facts. And this man stated that Burger King has the best fast food fries. Uh, when there, when there is, like, there's factual truth to this statement. And it's definitely not Burger King. No one thinks it's Burger King ever. I, I want to contact the FBI and see if I can get one of their profilers to figure out if Nick is a serial killer. 
Now, I want to know if liking Burger King's fries puts you on that list. It certainly indicates a lack of taste, I think. So, that I've I've got some concerns. That's all. It's listen, it's a long It's a long weekend. Still passing. We're only down one day. He it's it's possible he could redeem himself. But uh there's there's just been some some questionable foods questionable food statements made. That's all. And I think we can all agree on this point. Well, I I, I don't know. I, I don't have a dog in the whole Kiki's fight thing. I don't really care. Cause I, I mean, Cracker Barrel is good. You know what you're going to get. But let's be I mean, it's not a five-star meal by any means. No, case. no. Um, but I mean, Kiki's meal today yeah. was actually very good. Yes. And obviously, it was good. This is a, a little hyperbolic yeah. and tongue-in-cheek. But for real, if you're a breakfast joint, there's certain things that should be on the menu. Yeah, that's true. And adding an extra egg. I mean, come on, seriously. Like you can't even, I don't keep, throw 50 more cents on a bill, whatever. It was just the reply. It wasn't, we don't do that. Literally. Sorry. Sorry. Impossible. We don't, we don't. I do think that. it was pretty clear, but from the, her overuse of literally that she yeah. did not understand. It was not literally. I just, I, I had to fight a strong urge. Not, or, I, I, yeah. I had to fight a strong urge not to, to walk Seems her through like the like you want to comment there, Nick. <laughs> he just wants to sit you in the background. You just want to keep making slight comments in the so. background. Peanut gallery. So no, but uh, yeah, road tripped up. Not a not a bad drive. There was some some questionable uh, traffic, but uh, got up here this morning. And uh, you know, honestly, again, not doing a whole like Sandlot Jacks uh, recap podcast uh, today. But uh, why Jesse's looking at me confused? Are, are we not going to talk about the porpoising truck? I don't know all. that I can paint that picture for it, but there, dude, there's this guy in traffic uh, on, I think you guys were ahead of him. We were in a couple of vehicles, but there was this dude in this single cab white, I think it was a Silverado, doesn't, doesn't really matter, work truck, uh, you know, two by fours on ladders up on the rack on the truck that were questionably secured. Um, and just every time, like, I don't know if this guy was slamming on his brakes or it was just something was wrong with his truck. But, like, multiple times for no cause. Like, traffic wasn't even slowing down. This guy hits the brake. The nose of the truck just dives to the ground. Yeah. And then it starts hopping back and forth like a porpoise jumping, like a like a dolphin jumping through the water. And I kept trying to get away from the guy. And then he'd speed back up and go around. I'm like, we're in the same situation. Uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what was going on there. It was, it was not it, a good thing. It was a cross between a mammal and a vehicle. Yeah, it was scary how it operated. Yeah, it had to come up for air. It was a uh, it was uh, naturally aspirated. It was, uh, Absolutely, it was a late model truck that actually had a carburetor or something, I guess. But uh, so, but otherwise, the the drive up was lovely. And and I will say though, like looking forward to uh, Sandlot Jacks for a few months now. I don't know how you guys uh, felt, but like just exceeded all expectations. It was kind of cool, like having had Jason on the podcast to talk about it, follow them in the planning, like kind of. Haven't had this picture in my head of what they were planning. Like, for for me, like it it exceeded that. It was it was bigger and better and a great vibe. And uh, I think they were counting on the crowd. It, it was I feel like well attended today. Yeah, but, I thought so too. I was yeah. actually pretty surprised. And I've been to a lot of events and stuff like that. And I think what surprised me most is like the uh, kind of the intimacy of it all. Like, and I know we we talked about it at one point, but you had some very big name people with like national recognition, um, and they were out there mingling. And just they didn't pop in and talk for five minutes and roll out. They hung pretty much yeah. the whole day, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, uh, particularly in uh, the fitness and mobility space, uh, Doctor Kelly Starrett from uh, the Ready State is about as big a name as it as it gets in the yeah. space. And uh, really cool. Like the first thing today was actually him leading everybody through like a little mobility warm up. Uh, which, you know, even, even in our little group, we weren't quite, quite clear on what that was going to be. We were just down for whatever. And it was actually really beneficial before the day that we had and, and really did kind of loosen things up. But it's just cool. Like, he's just there with everybody. And we went, like, we were out and about, you know, doing the ruck thing all day. We come back, and he's still, like, at his tent, pressing the flesh. And it's like, he's written some big books and got a successful business and easily could have you know, been chilling at a VIP area or whatever. And it just, he wasn't the only one. Actually, when we were doing... Um, his mobility thing. Uh, I think it's uh, Jason is his first name. Kalipa was like right behind us, just this yeah. super swole, like ball of muscle. And I think he's won, I, I believe he's won the CrossFit games several times, if, if yes. I'm right. Yep. I'm not going to Google it, but I, I think that's the case. And just, uh, well, I don't know anything about CrossFit games, but I recognize the name. Yeah. That's and just so, anything. yeah, it's, it's well, just, just at least in, in yeah. the world of, right? Like you're talking about Kelly Starr, like you, most people didn't know who that was, even folks who were into fitness. Um, 
but that's in that particular space, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a very recognizable name. Yeah. I Just mean, like, uh, the CrossFit. Games yeah. Game. I mean, he probably is in the, in this idea of like, uh, biomechanics and mobility. He's right. probably the, the leading voice, the leading thinker yeah, on that for absolutely. sure. Um, and so, uh, F 45 was out there and they're, they're doing some workout stuff and it's just, it's just great. It's just an awesome turnout. And I had a hard time like envisioning, uh, you know, listeners, if you've ever gone out and done any kind of mud race, you know, Spartan savage, you know, whatever it's normally, you know, there's all these obstacles, but they're spread out you're running between them. And so this is, uh, you know, I think it's 17 obstacles, yeah. And I'm like, how are they going to do this? And it just works. It's cool. Like they're just back to back and you're right from, from one to the other. And, uh, I don't know. It's just awesome, but it's, it's cool in that there's so much going on. It's just to choose your own adventure. Right. So we looked yeah. over the schedule for the day and we got out there and did the, the Kelly Starrett thing. And we're like, ah, we'll do, we'll, we'll knock out a, like a, they're calling them scavenger hunts, but it's a, it's a star course. It's, it's like what, course. Uh, what we did uh, a few months back here with the podcast in, in November, uh, you know, just kind of a scavenger rug. They're playing pretty fast and loose with their normal rules. Uh, Cause they really push this thing and like open it up to the community and the public. It's not just the go ruck community, uh, the go ruck uh, fans out here for this thing. So they're like, ah, walk it, run it, rock it, uh, whatever you want to do. But same idea, right? Waypoints all over Jacksonville. So we went for the, the 10 K now, um, you know, Mikey here and I, we had this genius idea, um, that we were going to go ahead and prior to this very strenuous weekend, oh, yeah. we <laughs> decided that, uh, uh, this past Monday, uh, so, uh, you know, a little longer from, from when you're actually listening to this, that we'd go ahead and knock out a 12-mile 12, 12 ruck, just the two of us. And, you know, a good time was was had by all. Yes. But yeah. it makes you realize, like, you can't just uh, you can't just underestimate those miles. Because sometimes the conditions aren't perfect, and uh, the we had never been to that area, and it was very hot. Yeah, neither yeah. of us had had rucked uh, hot for a while, and it's there's always something right that that. And, but that's what's fun the the unknowns to add. These things are challenging to begin with, and the unknowns kind of add to to the that challenge. I had a couple of navigating faux pas today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm blaming. W- would you like to comment on this? I'm blaming Apple Maps, <laughs> um, but. Uh, so, were there three? I thought there were two. One of, one of them was driving back to the hotel. I was taking us to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was taking Turn us into uh, a Hilton rather a, than a Hampton. Yeah, they both start with H. It's a, it's a common mistake. People do that, and so. Uh, but uh, so we did a little a little extra mileage today, and Mike and I already had some miles on our feet. But you know what? Still, still had a good time. Still, still challenging. Still fun. Still saw some some cool stuff today. And, uh, so just, uh, just awesome. And, and wrapped up the day, you know, they've got these Ted style talks going on, uh, you know, all day throughout these things. And, uh, we ended with their last session, their keynotes and just heard some, some really cool, um, speakers there to, uh, to close out the day. Yeah. I'd actually say like for, for the most part, some of my favorite time throughout the day, you know, yeah. I mean, we do end up plenty of just walking in general whether you're walking to various new spots, which let's be honest, every pretty much metropolitan area seems to be as eh, meh is about the politest way I could phrase yeah. this um, as the next. So Jacksonville is about as nice as Tampa was. Is about as nice as <laughs> Orlando is. Yeah. Is about as nice yeah. as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I'd be interested to do one of these in like in a city that, I don't know, is in a crap hole, I yeah. guess. Oh, if I could well, say, if I could say this, yeah. Every, every, well, you know, and the thing is, like, every place has its charms, right? So, like, so there was some neat stuff, and that's yeah. the nice thing about these scavenger hunts and the star courses is you do see actually some really cool stuff that you would only see if you were a local. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, well, and no, I'll, no I'll, interest to live in a city. I'll say doing the star course that we did in in Jack's Beach uh, versus doing this one in Jacksonville. Like, I I enjoyed the area of Jacksonville Beach much more, much more. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was less of a urban environment, so for sure. But the the speakers were really cool. Um, you know, one of them that we heard tonight, uh, Roger Sparks. Uh, we looked up his book. He's got a book out that that might be worth looking into. But really interesting guy, and I'd say really kind of a, a unicorn within like veterans. In that um, you know he he served as a, a marine and was 
uh, the recons kind of changed their names. Uh, it was uh, did recon become Marsoc or those two separate things? Oh, I don't know. Heck, I don't That's know. deep in the weeds of military stuff. But uh, you know, he was a uh, so I don't know if it's force recon or just recon. I don't know, but. You know, like Marines are bad enough to begin with, and uh, you know you uh, you kind of separate the the cream there, and you end up with recon. So he's a recon Marine, and then decides oh, I'm I'm going to go be a, a pararescue jumper uh, yeah. with the Air Force, which is not uh, an easy get in and of itself. And then does that for like yeah, which for the casual listener who might not know this, the the PJs with the Air Force are their special forces. Yeah, which, so it's it's considered kind of along the same tier. Yeah, which I didn't realize until we had Dan Skidmore on the on the podcast that there's two sides to that coin for the Air Force. I I had uh, prior to, to meeting Dan, only ever heard of the PJs as Air Force Special Forces, but they they train along with. But the, I mean, they've got different taskings, but with the combat controllers mm-hmm. uh, that then get tasked out to uh, to other units. So just to meet a guy that had done both of of those things, I think he's probably. A pretty, uh, a pretty rare bird, but then really enjoyed um, the author Michael Easter spoke tonight. Yeah, which we've talked about him and in, in his uh, book. He, I mean, he's a prolific writer. He's written a lot of articles, and I think he's written more than one book. Uh, but author of the Comfort Crisis, and really did just kind of a targeted fifteen or twenty minutes uh, on the concept he covers in that uh, the Japanese concept of Masogi. And man, it was it was a great talk. I really enjoyed his presentation a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And of, of all the books, I think that we've well, I, Comfort Crisis was a Goruk Tribe book, wasn't it? Yeah, la- last year's uh, Goruk Tribe oh, reading list that was on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's been so far like my my favorite of the Goruk Tribe books. Um, and his presentation today was, I think, the best of today's. And really, the the whole idea of like kind of finding that challenge is one of the reasons why we do the hard things, right? Like you grow your ability, uh, even your own self-awareness of your own ability to suffer that translates across the board. That's why you do what's hard. Well, and he, you know, he kind of broke down the the background of where this concept in Japanese culture comes from of, of Masogi. And there's kind of a, a myth or legend to go along, um, with it, but it, it's even beyond, like, I wouldn't call what we did today or even some of these star courses that we've done. Maybe the one uh, you and, and Jesse the Builder and I did uh, back in the day, we did a 26-miler. And I would say, for us, in that time, that was a Masogi. And the idea being yeah, that yeah. a Masogi isn't just a challenging thing, but it needs to be significantly challenging. Yeah, so it's described by Michael Easter as a uh, 50% success rate. Like, it has to be hard enough that you may or may not actually completed but the the advantages and he's you know he's met with like harvard professors and just all kinds of people on this and really dug into the data of of these things and and the benefit to these things and there there is you know besides just personal experience there's data to back the value of these things up and the way that the impact that it has on an individual their thinking their health their stress levels um, you know, all positive aspect from, from doing these things. And, you know, and he talked about his first experience with something that was going to be Masogi like was going, uh, you know, on an extended trip into, was it the, the Arctic? I think he said, well, that's what gave him the idea, right? Like he went on that, uh, I don't know, that Arctic trip hunting elk or moose or whatever, um, with his buddy. And it was going to be like a 40, some 30 day, 45 day, something trip into the wilderness in the Arctic circle. And he, when he came back, just after basically having gone out so far outside of his comfort zone, um, he discovered that he was all of the benefits thereof, you know, more patience, better husband, better father, um, you know, that was attributed to just having a new perspective on life. Yeah. Yeah. And then did all of this research, met with all these people and found a bunch of, of which he only talked about a fraction of them. I thought there were several interesting stories from the book. Oh, yeah. Um, especially the stuff for any father out there can appreciate the rights of passage, passage stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we used to have these kinds of challenges built yeah. in uh, across culture where, you know, it was both both representative of but but causal with bringing about these changes of I, I was this thing, I was this way. And yeah. now I'm I'm not that thing anymore. I'm this new thing, and I'm I'm this new way. Right. And just breaking down, you know, he kind of talked about it uh, tonight in the the con like the uh, the context of expanding your your comfort zone, right? Which you can't expand it without leaving it. Right. But you know, was making the point within that of like the point of a, a masogi being a fifty fifty thing. 
right? Is it's got to be something that's going to be tough enough to get you to that point of, I don't feel like when you start to hear that voice in your head going, I can't do any more. I can't do one more thing. I can't mm-hmm. do one more step. But then you do. You find you find that line, but then you cross it even just a little bit. And if you take even one step past it, well, then the by definition, the line's in a new place, right? Because right. the, the, what you thought was your line, what you thought was your limit is now behind you. And if you can continue to take another step, another step, another step, then you've, you've, you've found a new line, or you at least know that the, the old line you had underestimated yourself. Right. And he talked about this, but I think anybody with, you know, who, who's listening can probably draw the same conclusion just from listening to the, to the concept is that uh, you look at the mental health of really the developed world today and the number percentage of people who are on like antidepressants is we don't have those hard things. They're not built into our culture. And when you don't have those hard things and you don't push the, your, your, your limits, your boundaries, then your new hard thing is, Oh my gosh, I tweeted the wrong thing today. What's that going to mean for me and my social circle at work? Oh my gosh, I misspelled this email to my boss. You know, everything's a crisis when you don't have actual crisis. Yeah. When you haven't experienced real hardship. Right. So you flip your lid and you explode over little things. Right. And then one of the things we talked about today, and I think we talked about it in the bonus content for me, but like, you know, the person who tried to kill me and I ended up shooting and is now serving life in prison flipped out because he felt like he was shorted a dollar on a, on a pizza delivery. So like, you know, if you're not facing any real hardship in life or you're constantly blaming other people for your problems, you're going to, you're just going to snap one day. And that's why, I mean, what are the numbers, right? Like how many people are on antidepressants? What's the percentage? It's like 35? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. 50%? It's insane these days. It's a ridiculous yeah. number of people. And then that was pre-COVID numbers. So God only knows what it would be today. Yeah. But um, the reality of it is now more than ever, I mean, you got to get out there and you got to get after it. Yeah. You we got to do the strenuous uh things in life and challenge yourself well we tend to societally even you know look at uh the reduction of struggle to the extent that you can or to the increase of comfort as a positive um and it's you know it's not until you get yourself far enough removed from those struggles from those challenges where you start to see the impacts and i really think we're at that point where we're kind of hitting a critical mass yeah absolutely we've made life too comfortable too easy and there's no there's no friction. There's no struggle there. And, and all the, you know, there's uh, been, a, I'm probably talked about this on the podcast before, but there's been this Jordan Peterson uh, quote floating around a lot on social media lately. And I think he said it on a, on a podcast actually with Theo Vaughn of all people, but it was like, you know, you've got to let your, your kids do dangerous. They've got to be able to do dangerous things safely because it's, that's the only way they learn is in that, on that edge, that struggle, that, you know, that whatever. And I think that holds true for all of us. Like all, all, the, all the growth, all, all growth comes through fr- fr- friction and struggle always. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of friction and struggle, <laughs> there's a professional segue for you. A little bit of friction here in the great state of Florida going on. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't fully understand everything about it. I know there's a transition of debt and whatnot. And I mean, is it is it perhaps a little political grandstanding? Maybe so. Uh, but, it, you know, yeah. what prompted the whole thing is when, when you have a, a plurality of Floridians who support this legislation and you have this corporate entity with no business commenting on Florida politics. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than the anti-election fraud stuff going on in Georgia. Yeah. You saw that a couple of years ago, but Georgia didn't, I mean, what are they going to do? Kick out major league baseball? Like, well, they tried, they, they did, <laughs> but they tried. So listeners, if you don't, which I think this is national news at the, at this point, especially because, um, you know, I think, uh, several major news agencies get angry just, uh, literally when, uh, our governor takes a breath, uh, I think they would very much prefer he not even be breathing. Um, but, uh, you know, there's been this all this contention nationwide over this new bill that was passed in Florida, uh, you know, that's been, you know, named the don't say gay bill. And, of course, there's there's nothing in the bill anywhere uh, about not saying the word gay. It's just about, uh, you know, 
not discussing, you know, sexuality and gender issues with kids third grade and younger in, in a school setting. Right. Which is, which I, I heard somebody just add such great context to this for like, a, uh, you know, helping the, the other side to see, you know, like the, the viewpoint, right. See what the issue is. It's like, if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an atheist, if you're not a Christian, if you're whatever, and you find out that your t- that their your second grader, their teacher is having secret conversations, trying to convince them to c- convert with Christianity, and telling them not to tell you about that, and the teacher's not going to tell you about that. How do you feel about that? And it's it's a, it's a great way to kind of turn the conversation. Up. That's that's what we're talking about, right? It's not that nobody in the state can say the word gay or talk about homosexuality or talk about right. um, you know gender issues. We're just saying. This, you know, the, the bill is basically just like, this isn't the, the proper venue. This isn't the proper method. This isn't the, the, pro- the it's not the time and place, right? That's basically what the bill says. And the other side of it too is like, it, it doesn't ban it entirely. What it does is bans it prior to the fourth grade. Yes. Right. So it's like, I mean, w- would you want a sub 10 year old kid being secretly, you know, groomed for lack of a better word by their teacher yeah. and then being basically told not to tell your parents? Which is why I say a plurality of Floridians supported this. It, yeah. it was across party lines. So it was the, a significant percentage, if I remember correctly. So, you know, there's been lots of back and forth and talking heads and blah, blah, blah on, on you know, both sides. People shooting off their mouths. But then, of course, uh, you know, we've got uh, Disney World and many, many of the Disney theme parks sitting right here smack dab in, in Florida. And they're a major, I don't know if they're the biggest employee, employer in Florida. They're certainly, I would say, one of the biggest. They're definitely the biggest, biggest in, central in central Florida. Florida for sure. um, but Disney's uh, enjoyed a, a pretty favored status here in the state in, in you know, some tangible ways and some intangible ways where basically they've been allowed to set up their, their own, by, by law, they've basically been able to, to govern the property that they own. Uh, themselves like they they are the government there's a little more nuance to it than that but nothing substantial like like that's the deal so there's been tax benefits to that there's uh been issues and like i don't, I don't know if uh any of you guys are like i know jesse's been through some of this stuff you know work and personal and you know we're dealing with this we're trying to do a little building uh project at home right now but like trying to build anything in any municipality anything that requires a permit not a fun thing not uh not user friendly no not uh not designed to make it pleasant or enjoyable or easy for you and because disney gets to be their own their own government they don't have to deal with those things they don't have to wait for funding and approval and all this stuff they can kind of just go and do it so they've had all these these legislative benefits and decided that they were going to come out and actively uh you know op- oppose this law um in a number of different ways and so our legislature, our governor, they decided you, you, you probably don't need those, those tax benefits. You probably don't need that special standing here in the state of Florida anymore. You can, you know, maybe it's time that you compete on a level playing field with the universal and sea world and, and the other theme parks and the other big businesses in the state that don't enjoy the preferred status that you've had for so long. And so I, I, my guess is that, uh, you know, the big wigs at Disney, didn't think anything would come of it because of their stature and their power in the state. And I mean, uh, Ron DeSantis, you can like him, you can hate him, but the dude tends to follow through. And so here we are. So let me interesting that there's all kinds of factors that, that go into it. I mean, there's like, it, it's government stuff. So they've been operating their own, you know, they handle their own electricity and their own water and their own fire department that they don't handle their own law enforcement. Like they can't, I essentially have contracted that with other local law enforcement, but all that stuff has to be taken over by other municipalities, but they also take over uh, their debt and Disney's going to have to go to local counties for permits and permissions for things, just like everybody else now that they haven't had to. It's, uh, it's going to get interesting, but you know, it's, I don't think Disney or any business. I don't, I'm not a fan of, of corporatism or, or favoritism. I don't think they should have any special standing. I think all of our businesses in the state should be competing on, on level playing ground. The flip side is like one of the joys of living in Florida is we don't have a state income tax. And the reason we don't have a state income tax is because all of you that don't live here that come visit pay tourist taxes. And so we don't need a state income tax that, that covers the bills. And Disney's a large part of that. Like, uh, you know, beaches and that giant furry rat are the reason that uh, that we're not paying uh, income tax here in our state. So 
It'll be interesting yeah. to see how it goes. I mean, they ha- they definitely, I think, have some benefits that other citizens don't have. You know, they, they have the ability to set up certain things. You know, if I wanted to make my house completely off the grid from the utility company, I can't do that. That's not legal for me to do. Yeah. If Disney wants to do that, they... I'm pretty sure they fall under their own jurisdiction, yeah. have their own... Oh, well, not only entire that. Entire solar fields. Well, but, and, I mean, just... And in places that were, yeah. you know, I mean... The, I think I, that... When I was driving yeah. up and down 429, I'm pretty sure all of that was trees, which became field, which became... There's a lot of solar panels, I mean, but, you know, that's, maybe that's good. But, to, I mean, to put in perspective the scope of the kind of freedom and, and really power they've had, I, I can't remember what the technical terminology is for this. Like, they're not their own town, but it's like a development district legislatively or something like that. And up until this this got signed um, today as we're, we're recording, they, they have the authority in the establishment of their development district to be able to build a nuclear power plant on their property. I mean, you can't get a nuclear power plant built anywhere in America right now, but the leadership at Disney could have just woken up one day and decided, no, we're going to go ahead and do that. And they could have one. That's not anymore, but that's crazy. Well, I mean, if we need oversight, they need oversight, right? Well, that's a that's a whole other uh, a whole other <laughs> bag of cake, as a good friend of mine once would have said. Uh, well, how how much? I, I had a friend who uh, English wasn't his first language, and he would slaughter uh, colloquialisms all the time. And he once said, ah, "It's just not my bag of cake." So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, so the, the libertarian in me goes, well, well, you know, how much oversight do any of us need? Probably not as much as we're getting from the old, uh, from the old uncle Sam. But, uh, (laughs) so what, what you guys can't hear off mic right now or (laughs) off microphone is a mic redacted continuing to, uh, try to convince Nick to uh, join in the conversation here, but, uh, enough bait to be a fishing trip. Yeah. I'm going to give this back to you. I just wanted to add to it that uh, just from our long walk today, I'm ignorant to the topic. I think it's great. Get some comeuppance, Disney. Stay in your lane. Play stupid games. Win stupid prizes. Go Ron DeSantis. But Nick here, I really feel, even when you're shaking your head right now, you obviously have a dissenting opinion. So why don't you share your dissenting opinion? You have a dissenting opinion. Even when, we, even when I said, let's go, Brandon, you were shaking your head. Please, please share your opinion. <laughs> no, it's we're backing off, and I'm ha- I'll happily say let's go, Brady. No, this Kale Kale's trying to keep it apolitical. I'll happily spew some. I don't know about apolitical, but uh, it it is just like it just drives home. Like I, I, it it is stay in your lane, right? Like I I'm all for anybody voicing their political opinions. I I encourage people yeah, to by all means be an, have it. an informed opinion, have an informed yeah. opinion, or shut up, please. Right. Um, but. But I don't care about any, like, a company's not not a person. Right. Right? Like, I don't, like, just do what you do well. Like, not, it, it's like this, we've talked about it on here before. It's like the sto- stoic philosophy of, like, I don't have to have an opinion about this. I don't need companies to come out and give their stance on on, on every little political or social thing. Like, I'm looking for you to have a fun theme park and make shows and movies that entertain my kids for a little while so I can get... 30 minutes of, of quiet <laughs> right I mean, like the that's other what I'm side of for. this really is we could we could go and do a deep dive on just like the craziness that's going on with disney you know across the board and like the uh um double standard that they have you know it's been a minute but gina's not on mandalorian she should be no there's rumors that well let's hope that happens yeah. then right because if 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 pedro can say some of the crazy things that he has said yeah, well, we're, I'm saying, well, now, well, specifically what I'm talking about is, is the wokeness of Disney and how Star- I'm anti. I'm using a Star Wars reference. But if you would like to comment, Nick, I will hand you the, the, uh, the microphone and you can say whatever you'd like to I say. I mean, these days, like, I love it to talk Disney is to talk Star Wars. I mean, it's... Well, it's with Star Wars, Marvel, and yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. 
Basically, so. everything that's still making money in theaters, right? They own it. Yeah. yeah, and I still have my Disney Plus account, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I you won't, know, I won't go to a park. Like you want to, you want to take it in another, another direction. Like my pillow. Like I don't want to hear about Mike Lindell's political leanings. Like make a quality, a quality pillow at an affordable price. Yeah. And and when when people bring up, oh, like what do you think about this this topic, one way or the other? Yeah. I think I make pillows. Right, but what's your stance on this? My stance is that everybody needs a good night's sleep on one of my pillows, and maybe you'd all get along better. Like, yeah. just you can be Switzerland; it's okay. Right, and and that's the thing is, at the end of the day, you don't have to have a stance on everything. At, at, ultimately, they're just trying to sell the most money, right? And they think that, or, or sell the most money, make the most money, sell the most product. Selling money is a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a whole well, other. They're, bag they're of doing cake. that too, right? <laughs> Different bag of cake. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, they're just trying to make that money, right? And they think that they're going to by being as woke as they are. And there used to be an, uh, the adage, go woke, go go broke, right? Get woke, go broke. But that's really not the case anymore because everybody's woke. Yeah. So if that's everybody's why, woke, then eh, we just well, take it. And that's why it's like it's it's hard to feel bad for – regardless of what your your personal or, or you know political or social leanings are, to me, it's hard to feel too bad for Disney because it's like you decided – to interject yourself and play a political game and you had, there was a political repercussion. Like that's what, like you entered the arena. So this is what happened. I mean that in my mind, that sparks a whole nother topic of, well, we have rights as a company. And you know, you said something earlier about, well, a company's not, not a person and a company doesn't get a vote. You don't get to walk into the ballot box as a company and put a vote down. There. Right. But when you get out there and you try to sway people and you try to say what you think, you are engaging in that theater. You are trying to get other people to vote towards. I mean, because that's how we make our decisions as a community. And that's what we all are. Whether yeah. we want to be or not, we are civilized or so we call ourselves. That means we've agreed all to succumb to a set of rules and i'll say succumb because yeah. some people don't agree with it but you know we all agree that the speed limit is the speed limit we know that if we go over there's a yeah I mean, there's a gray area there unless somebody gonna, <laughs> in your car has a badge but then. we're gonna you know we're all gonna kind of go by these rules and so you have these companies and they i can't tell you how many times i've heard somebody company say well we have the right to you know refuse or do this or do that they want that well with that but they don't want the liability. Yeah. Nobody wants the liability. Nobody wants the responsibility. Nobody wants the backlash. But if you if you want to sit there and say that you have the right, you, there has to be something else that goes with that. And there's there's the backlash. Well, and that's you know that that's part of the failing of of modern society, right? Is that uh, our our rights are one side of a coin, and the other side is responsibilities. And rights only work well when you when you have the responsibilities to go with them. And the problem is, too many people are well versed in their rights and incredibly ignorant of their responsibilities. But then you know, like we're we're grown ups, and there's grown up conversations we had, and there's a lot of nuance around this, right? Like I, I would sit here and say, right, like I, I a company's not a person and I don't want, I don't, I don't need a company to have a take on everything. Uh, but the flip side is, is okay. If a company's not a person, do they have the same rights as a person? And do, do our, uh, does our right to free speech apply to them? Uh, you know, and so like I, I would come down on, you know, when they tried to put caps on what companies could spend on or donate to elections, I don't like the idea of that cap, but then that's me wanting that company who's not a person to have that individual right of free speech you know, so, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's layers to this game and there, there's nuance and, and you got to kind of wade, wade through those things. But, uh, for right now, I, you know, there's, uh, if I'm being honest, there's, there's a little smirk on my face to see Disney think they're, they're untouchable and they're going to bully the whole state around. And at least right, at least right now, the state ain't having it. So. I mean, I can say it from over here. So. But. I'm a fan. I mean, I think that everybody needs to play by the same set of rules. And yeah. I mean, I, I I've seen inspections done by both county, city, and you know Disney's own independent people that do those inspections. I mean, they're they're thorough. Yeah, they're in my opinion and in the history of things I've seen, they're significantly more thorough in their inspections than 
other municipalities yeah. and AHJs that I've seen doing things. So, I mean, well, I think they feel a greater sense of liability. Like they're a big right. target. Everybody's, oh, yeah. I mean, a big target there, yeah. and and they know it. And but I mean, I I think there's some responsibility that yeah. definitely does follow with that. Like, so I mean, give credit yeah. where credit's due. And, I mean, getting injured but, on Disney property is a lotto ticket. It is a lotto ticket to get hurt on Disney property, and they know it. So, yeah, they're they're well motivated to mitigate that. I prefer not getting hurt personally. It depends on how hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs> like how, how hurt are we talking? Yeah. I uh, dude, I I'd give up a toe on Disney property. Oh man. I yeah, I one <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Listen, I'm not John, rocking with you anymore if I lose a toe. Just, just <laughs> also not planning something this is in no way stated to be. Yeah. No, no, I would never premeditate it, but if it if I'm on Pirates of the Caribbean and something goes horribly wrong and one of my toes gets blown off by a fake cannon, hey, so be it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh what 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 i love is is like there's literally a war there's a war going on a war in europe right now and the news is like but you guys know johnny depp's on the stand right cut to that cut to that we need to know what went down with him and amber heard no no yeah 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 for the listeners that can't hear because he's off mic, uh, Mike Redacted is just continuing the point here. <laughs> so, but the reason he's off mic is because, guys, we had a long, hard day. <laughs> we put in a lot of work, and uh, it's awfully late in the evening. And uh, this whole crew, while uh, I uh, have the gift of gab and could talk for much longer, the uh, the old Energizer batteries are running low here, and uh, and everybody's uh, giving me that uh, the eye, like, uh, hey, please shut up so we can go to sleep. And so, uh, you know, since I'm counting on them uh, not to mess with me as we all share a room tonight, I'm I'm gonna acquiesce. But uh, uh, it was a lot of fun today, boys. Thanks for doing this. Uh, uh, Mike only had the one day and made it out for this, but uh, we're sticking around for uh, a couple others. And uh, glad we did it, but appreciate you boys sitting in on the podcast. Appreciate you listeners, as always, a slightly shorter episode here for you. And so uh, I don't know if you're welcome or I'm sorry. It probably depends on your outlook on long format podcasts. But if you listen to us, you're probably a fan. So we'll get you. Josh will be back on the podcast uh, with us uh, next week and we'll get you some of the, the more typical solid seven uh, content but until then we love you we appreciate you please hit up the the website solid7podcast.com links to the most recent episode and uh links to uh, get yourself some go ruck gear and uh pick up some uh jocko fuel jocko go all that type of stuff is right there some links to some good causes so all that stuff right on the podcast please 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 if you haven't already Click subscribe, give us a, a rating, a review, a little, little thumbs up, a little five star, whatever you can do. And if you're just feeling extra froggy, uh, hit the website and click uh, click on the little Patreon link. Become a supporter. Get yourself some bonus content, a, a solid seven mug, which is uh, scientifically a better than average mug from which you can drink the beverage of your choosing. Could be coffee, could be Jocko Go. It doesn't matter that it's a coffee mug. It's your mug. Drink from it, whatever you like. And uh, until next week, we're out.